We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yesterday was an incredibly low-scoring day in baseball. At the time of our recording here on Tuesday, there's been one shout-out already. Where has all the offense gone? It's August. It's supposed to be hot. The ball's supposed to be flying out of the park. Fred and I discuss on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson. He's Fred Zinke, the man by the doorknob. Uh, Fred, what's going on? How are you doing? Where is your? How's your offense doing these days? <laughs> I had to. I don't want to talk about my offense, but I had two good pitching performances last night. Actually, this is a great week to have gone two star pitchers, isn't it? Since they were pretty much all great last night. Yeah. Right. Like typically on a Monday, most of those pitchers were started in most yeah. leagues. Since we lean towards, if you if you risk Tucker Davidson this week, it is so far paid off. Yeah, and if you like risked uh, Drew Smiley yesterday yes. against the Cardinals, yes. a team. By the way, I tw- I posted this question on Twitter. I asked in the last 30 days, who has the highest WOBA, who has the highest WRC plus, kind of doing a rolling averages sort of thing. It's the Cardinals, and they've been shut out. Uh, and they got shut out today uh, by just a co- random collection of pitchers. Drew Smiley shut them down yesterday. What? It's just that the Dodgers got shut out by Eric Lauer and company. Um, it was a really bad day of offense in baseball. I went four for 39 in my uh, better main event team and gained two points in the overall standings. I, I don't <laughs> understand. Yeah, I think it was just like I said, it was just a day where if you had some pitching going, you probably are good. If I mean, you can handle one bad day from your offense. I really don't think this is the start of a trend. I think it's just, just, a, just a blip where everybody kind of went cold all at once. It was just one of those days we talk about in a couple weeks. Hey, remember that one Monday where no one could score? And who knows? Maybe it'll bleed into tonight. But um, I, I don't think it's it's something that's a trend or that's actionable. Yeah, uh, I, I don't either. Um, but I do know that. Run scoring is down, uh, not just yesterday, but generally speaking. It, this last month was very disappointing offensively. Joe Sheehan has written about this extensively. You know, we, we talk about this all the time. You know, baseball wants to try to, like, speed up the game. They want to do little things like that. You know, pitch clocks and, you know, limit number of pickoff throws, ban the shift. No, it's the baseball and a set that pitchers are wizards. I mean, I, I think it's so Obviously, those are the real reasons and that these little things are these cosmetic things that usually are are catered to help like the people that work at the games get the game over with quicker. I mean, it's 
a faster game doesn't necessarily equal a better game. I went to Padres and uh, the Padres game on Thursday night uh, last week when they had three hits. And I'll tell you, it was dreadfully dull. It was a dull game. Padres Nationals is 3-1 was the final, and it was only three because Hader had a meltdown in the ninth. Yeah, and, and what makes a pitcher's duel great is when they don't happen every night, right? So, right. So, so you're like, okay, we've got you know Corbin Burns against Garrett Cole tonight. It's going to be amazing. These are the best pitchers. This is a pitcher's duel. Like, if a pitcher's, if Drew Smiley's in a pitcher's duel, and you know, and Jordan Montgomery was last night, and and like, Annabelle uh, Sanchez was uh, right. when I saw him in person, like Annabelle Sanchez, he was like eight million ERA. I mean, yeah. So when, yeah, it. it takes the specialness away. Um, yeah, I was written as far as attracting young fans. I know I recently had a conversation with a teenager and who was at a blue Jays game. I forget. It was like a few weeks ago. And I said, how was the game? And he goes, Oh, it was terrible. Nobody scored after the third inning. And that was his takeaway. He's, he's 15. We're trying to attract young fans. Right. His takeaway was the game was boring because no one scored after the third inning. And I, I can't, totally disagree with him as a young fan who's not heavily invested into you know advanced statistics or whatever he's just thought the last two hours i just sat there and nobody ever scored and i bet there weren't very many base runners either from that game no there's a couple walks here and there but yeah you know i and i do appreciate a good pitcher's duel like but like you said it's every night and the thing is it's such a battle of the strike zone it's such a battle of you know of trying to max out contact and when you Take away the one thing batters had, which was launch angle, and take away that, it becomes an impossible game. Uh, batting averages are way down. It's not because they forgot how to hit. It's because it's really, really hard. difficult to hit. Yeah, really hard. Yes, yeah. it's yes, it's really hard to hit. So, uh, and, and you know, I don't know, like you said from Joe's uh, newsletter, maybe the takeaway here is to get aggressive with your two-star pitchers down the stretch. Maybe there's not as much to be lost from that. Like, yeah. like I said, if you, if this week, if you just went out and grabbed the Drew Smiley's and the Tucker Davidson's and pitchers like that, and just rolled them, we'll see how the end of the week goes, but the start of the week, you probably lowered your ratios. So um, I don't know, maybe that'll end up being a takeaway. We'll see in the next few weeks, but maybe that'll end up being a takeaway in a few weeks where there'll be some teams who just went for it and, and kind of just threw caution into the wind, which usually doesn't work. Maybe it'll work this year. Yeah, Tim and I nearly benched Eric Lauer because of this Dodgers start that he had. Boy, I would have felt bad about that. You know, um, he, you know, he was he was dealing. Uh, you know, it wasn't like mowing him down, but no. you know, he, he got you a shut, you know, shutout innings and a win. I mean, that 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 those are ever so valuable. So yeah, I'm, I'm really glad we didn't. But uh, it was nearly a mistake. Of course, Adam Wainwright can't get the you know much against the cubs today but uh you know so paybacks are hell but yeah um and nonetheless uh it, it's one of those scenarios there where i'm kind of really worried about that there um yeah so it, it's one of those things there where i just I, I it's a more enjoyable game when there's a lot of offense um and that that's really the big takeaway from all that there for me uh let's look at some of the guys that uh you know are struggling to hit and, and some of the guys that are doing well who like a couple of guys I want to talk about here that are, you know, maybe uh, struggling a little bit uh, this season hitting wise. Uh, you know, Michael, Michael Harris wasn't struggling. He was fine. In fact, he's a hero. He's a stud. You know, if I, if I lose him, I'm in trouble, but it's like, uh, you know, there, there's a couple of guys that are just not getting it done. Like I look at like Josh Donaldson and even, you know, all the buffoonery aside, he's just having a blah season. And, you know, he's, he's a guy that, is an active uh, guy and one of my better teams. And I just have like hitters like that all over the place. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it, it does lower the bar as to what it, I mean, you can get playing time on waivers. Mm-hmm. That's not that hard. Like if you sort by if you sort on Sundays by at bats in the past seven days, like you can find plenty of guys who had 20 plus at bats. But finding someone, people who are doing something with them uh, is a lot harder. Like Josh Donaldson, for, like you said, for example. So he's going to let's say he finishes the season healthy. Um He's going to end this year, like unless something changes, he's going to end this year with like 15 or 16 homers. He's hitting 221. His runs and RBIs will each be in the 50s, probably. Um, That's really bad, like for someone who doesn't steal any bases. And he's going to be in lineups, especially in 15 teams, like in lineups the whole season. We're talking about a like a corner infielder who's yeah. may not get to sit, may not probably will definitely, I would say almost definitely won't get to 120 combined runs in RBIs. He's at 97 right now. Um, 15 home runs, like two steals pad batting average. And he's sitting in, in a lot of lineups right now. Yeah, he, he is. And that, that's, it's really bad. I debated this week, Josh Donaldson, who's going to have three games in the first half. This is NFBC where you have the uh, Friday switches. Josh Allenson uh, for three games or Isaac Paredes, who I think has four, who we yeah. don't know is going to play Isaac Paredes. Isaac Paredes is no great shakes, but he's ahead of Donaldson a little bit, 14 homers, 34 RBI, 37 runs. So a little behind on the counting stats, but you know, 14 homers. I mean, that that's, that's not nothing. I mean, turns out I'm going to have to use both uh, starting on Friday. We just lost Vinny Pasquantino, which really, <clears throat> That's annoying because I have him in everywhere. I, I that was, I got Vinny in four out of my like five NFBC bidding style league six, excuse me, four out of six. Uh, so that that one hurts all across the board, especially on a, with a Monday injury like that. Will you cut him on Sunday? I need to know how much longer how yeah, long he's going to be out. I, I I'd say, yeah, I, I I'd say huh? yeah. If it's like indefinite still on Sunday it's getting pretty late i'd cut him but you like you said like when you have guys like isaac predis so for example predis had that little hot stretch in june mm-hmm. in july he hit 190 with three home runs so far in august and like so far like it's the 23rd he's hitting 196 with no home runs oh. um he's hasn't stolen a base all season so like i just cut him I actually, at first, I'm like, oh, you just cut Pasquantino for sure. He's not like he's he's not that good, and he's hurt, and who knows when he'll be back. I'd cut Paredes first, actually. Well, um, I just picked up Paredes as a as Donaldson hedge, right? Because remember, Donaldson missed the weekend with an illness, right? Uh, eh, yeah, I mean, there's a Paredes reason why these guys are. Paredes might have been in my waterfall. That is how bad it is. He might have been in my waterfall on Sunday, yeah. in, in at least in a 15 team league, I, low, but he was in there, I think. Yeah, well, and Pasquatino was starting to heat up, too. He had four homers last week. Uh, I think he was yeah. better of the week. He's yep. actually been pretty good. 350 OBP, 434 slug. Um, yeah, this this hurts. This hurts a lot, um, especially because it's hard to find offense. You look at the names that are out there, it's pretty gr- it's pretty grim. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, 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 I first, like I said, my first thought was you have to cut Pasquatino He's just not established enough to hold him through an IL stint at the end of August. Now I'm like, ah, the more I think about it with some of the options in a 15 team league, if it's, if, if we find out it's going to be two or three weeks, and you've already eaten one of those weeks. You have to eat one of those weeks now. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, I might keep him. 
Shoulder discomfort for him. That's not that bad. I feel like it could only be two weeks, two and a half weeks. It's it could be ten minimum ten days. Remember, hitters, it's still right. ten days. Right. It's pitchers, that's right. uh, two weeks. So two even weeks. so, like absolute best case scenario, you could have him back for the next weekend. Right. So put him in. The Sadly, we back. had to cut. Uh, we had to turn around and cut. Um, who did we cut? Uh, uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez, who was our targeted ad that we right. really desperately needed. Uh, but, uh, you know, we have to make those decisions now. You have to be pretty ruthless with yes. your cuts. Do you still have David Robertson on? It's your main event team, isn't it? With David Robertson. That's on the other main event team. So I had okay. one, I picked up Dominguez and the one that's doing really well. Uh, Robertson okay. was a guy I had from day one, like first fab period in yeah. the Vegas main, which is doing all right. It's contending for a cash spot. It won't cash in the overall, but, um, it's at least contending. So, but you know, at least we have Robertson there, but Robertson didn't get the save yesterday because he had pitched the two previous days, blown one on Sunday after pitching two innings on Saturday. I mean, it was kind of silly for him to pitch, but they, they just went through so many pitchers in that Sunday game against the Mets. So uh, you ask for miracles though. I give you the Reds lineup and that's a good, good place to start. (laughs) Except for Jake Fraley. He's not part of your miracle. Oh, I, well, the funny thing is I do have Jake Fraley on the same team as I have Robertson. So let Fraley rake early on and then get pulled when they have a lefty on the mound or something. I don't know. Um, silly, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of tricky, uh, trying to figure out, uh, how you're going to, you know, try to figure out how to stream, who you stream against, who you can use. I mean, right now it's just, there's these bad teams are just kind of plugging and playing a bunch of guys. Reds put two more guys on the IL right now. Even the Cubs are starting Javier Assad. You know, it's really a time where you have to keep your eye on the ball and it's as difficult as ever. You and I are doing a football draft tonight. Um, I did this. I'm doing, I'm doing two actually at once tonight. So that'll be fine. I didn't tell you, I'm doing another one simultaneously. You, one you did. You told you me off air last week. Yeah. I forget that. Yeah. That's that, that is, that is pretty impressive. Just finished a college trip with my daughter. It's back to school next week for the kids. Soccer's starting back up. You know, you, you really have to, like, use your time wisely because it, it's hard. And I, and everybody's got stuff, you know, back to school season. Everybody's got stuff to deal with there. But um, it, it can be really difficult to maintain your focus this time of year. Yes, and something that um, I think maybe not everyone's kept track of is that the season basically goes a week longer this year, mm-hmm. right? A few days longer, a, a yeah. few days longer because of because it started late. So just wherever we are on the calendar, like you're thinking, like so I did think about that with those players who are injured, like Pasquantino. Um, there's someone else who just oh Byron Buxton went on the IL today. Just while while, while we wait to get you know timelines for these players, is that August 23rd this year is like a, like a little more like at least a few days rolled back in comparison to a, a previous year. I, I know it yeah. doesn't make a huge difference, but it does. Like we know how standings change at the end of the year. It does make a bit of a difference. We are going to go a little bit further. So again, if this year, if people start, if people start, you know, abandoning their teams in football draft season or at least, or when football games start after Labor Day, um, there's just a few more days for those of us who stay locked in on our baseball teams to move up in those yeah. standings, especially the cumulative categories. That's true. It yeah. is true. Um, six more fab periods, I believe, instead I think of five. five. I, I think five. I thought I'm pretty Scott sure. Scott was saying six, but I, you know, I think the six. Maybe when he said the six, I don't know. He was including the one. I'm just going to do a quick look here on my phone. The twenty or the twenty eighth is one. The fourth. 11th 18th 25th oh is there one on august october 2nd you're right there might be six more see there's so much time left 
Yeah. And six more fabs. I'm almost out of so much time and not a whole lot of fab left for yeah. me in that one yeah. league. But not a whole lot okay. of fab and not a whole lot of options. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, point is keep grinding, keep grinding. There's more yes. chances to come back than you think. And yep. if you're leading, don't give, you know, you're not, you're not on the home stretch yet. You're not at the three quarters pole right? yep. as Todd, like, and you know, yep. you know, or the quarter pole, I guess I did it wrong. I did it exactly wrong. Todd's going to yell at me. Todd always gets mad at the early, yep. point. like you get a quarter through the season. People say you're at the quarter pole. No, you're at the three quarters pole. Um, you still have three quarters of the race left. Now we have, we're at a, the quarter pole. We're not at the home stretch. We haven't made that turn yet. We're still got a little bit more to go. Yeah. 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 We're uh, yeah. That's right. So, so keep, you know, keep your, keep your eye on the ball. I hate using that pun, but keep your eye on the ball and um, yeah. Keep grinding away, especially as I said, in the counting stack categories, because some people are for sure in the bottom half of your league, going to draft their fantasy football teams, watch the opening game right after on the Thursday after Labor Day and forget all about this sport of yep. baseball. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, man, let's look at some of the other things that happened. Uh, there, there's a lot going on. Let's start off the big the, two of the big items here, actually. Um, Walker Bueller, he's going to probably miss all of 2023. He had he needed his second Tommy John surgery uh, when they went in there. They found that he needed to do that there. Uh, so, you know what? Uh, I think that it, you know, this is a tough one here because, you know, the Dodgers, I, I mean, they're, they're going to have to figure out their, their rotation for next year as well. Obviously, keeper leagues, it's a big factor there, too. You just don't have them for all the next year. For sure. Yeah. you Yeah. From a fantasy perspective, he's out for all next year. Like, at best, the Dodgers could maybe bring him back as a reliever for the 2023 playoffs or something like that and get a few innings out of him. But from a fantasy perspective, he won't help at all next year. So, yeah, I mean, this is, this is something that, that – you know, keeper and dynasty owners deal with. And it's one of the reasons they devalue pitchers. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's hard. It, some people I know struggle to ignore that philosophy when the, when someone's pitching really well, but then this is how it goes. They can be pitching really well and then poof, it's gone. And it's yeah. gone for so long. Like he's going to miss with this, the way this all shook down, like the most of this year and all of next year. So yeah, some, some people in dynasty leagues, he's also someone who, people were predicting this going into this year, a lot of regression for, I'd be, I was very interested to see how this would have turned out. We talked a couple weeks ago about how, how at the time, everyone in the Dodgers rotation had a whip of one or lower. So if Bueller had pitched all year, you'd have to feel like he could have done as well as Tyler Anderson and these other guys, but I don't know, maybe he wouldn't have, but when he comes back, it's the Dodgers. He'll probably be pretty good again. Yeah. uh, he, He probably will be. Yeah. Uh, so that that's pretty wild uh, though that they had th- that that depth in their rotation. But mm-hmm. looking at that that now, you figure you know they weren't going to count on him for much this year. I thought I actually was arguing that they put him in the bullpen when he does come back. I was thinking they get yeah. him, but uh, obviously they don't get him now. But looking at maybe for the future though, uh, that that's where it gets a little tricky. Uh, so Kershaw's on a year to year contract situation there, and he's hurt again. Urias is there. Gonsolin's there. Dustin May's back now. So you've got those three. Now it's between Andrew. I think what's Anderson's contract like? I think Anderson's probably, I guess they get Danny Duffy next year. Yay. Yeah. Um, contract wise for uh, Anderson, he signed a one year deal. So yeah. he's not guaranteed to be back. But, you know, everything the Dodgers touch turned to gold. So they'll find the next Tyler Anderson if it's not the actual Tyler Anderson. I know. Part of me assumes that the Dodgers will just go out and sign 
or a high price free agent or trade for a really good pitcher, but maybe not. Maybe they'll just grab a couple more Tyler Andersons and keep rolling. Yeah. Maybe that. Ryan Pepio will uh, be a guy that gets his control and it'll be a factor next year. Cause he's not really this year yet. Yeah. 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 It could be, but rest assured, whoever the Dodgers go after, I will be interested in them just because they're putting on that Jersey and how much pitching success they've had recently. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Even Nick- Ty- like Tyler Anderson, there's the perfect example. Yeah. Right, he was he was being drafted outside the thir- top thirty rounds in in drafts until until and now he's on the Dodgers and he's been terrific this year. Yeah, I think he in has. pitching war at fan graphs, he's in the top something like the top twenty this year. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, pretty yeah. incredible indeed. Uh, the other big injury item is Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, he's going to take deal with his uh, shoulder surgery. Uh, this is something that we thought might have happened last off season. Said he wrecked his motorcycle, tested positive for uh, you know for steroid use for his ringworm. Uh, now he's you know it, the timing works out well. He's going to have that surgery now. He's going to miss the first month of the season anyways. Uh, so this gives them a little bit more time uh, to, for him to rehab that injury. He's allowed to play in spring training, and then he'll have to shut it down for another month. Right. So, and I mean, in the end, if he if he has the shoulder surgery and he can't play in spring training, not the end of the world since he can't come back right at the beginning of the season anyways. Um, I think if you have Tatis in a dynasty league, like this is probably to me, this is probably good news. Like let's try to get this shoulder sorted out now while he's suspended. Let's just hope that like by next year in May, when he comes back, or even if he didn't come back till June 1st, because of the shoulder, who knows, but whenever he comes back, let's hope he could just be, full Tatis if you're someone who has him in a dynasty league I have no idea what to do with him yet for next year in a redraft league because he's going to miss those games that being said if the shoulder surgery goes well and the rehab goes well he could come back from those games like fully 100% especially if he could play in spring training ramp up and then just kind of keep hitting on the side while he's suspended I don't know he could could be really good for about 120 games next year yeah he could he very well could. So uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to take him. I can't, what do, what do you think he'll go? I mean, middle like fifth, sixth round. Is that early? Yep, I do. I, um, again, unless the shoulder surgery leaves it so that he can't, if he can't play in spring training, then mm-hmm. I think he'll go later than that. Maybe more like seventh or eighth round. Um, yep. If if he plays in spring training and seems fine, I could see him going in like the fourth or fifth round because. Some people just run the projections and project them to play, say, 110 games. And 110 games of full-strength Tatis could be, like, 25 homers and, who knows, 15 or 20 steals. So, yeah, um, yeah. so I, I, I think that I think some of that will, will depend on that. But, yeah, I think high-end, like, he's rolling in spring training and everything seems good. Maybe, like, some people might go into the fourth round on him, fourth, fifth round. But, yeah, yeah maybe more like seventh or eighth. Probably not going to be me, but then again, it's because I've had such a bad experience. You know, if you were drafting him. tonight for 2023, who would you draft first, Tatis or Degrom? Degrom. I don't know if I know if I trust that Degrom can finish this year and pitch next year. Like at least Tatis, I feel kind of confident I can get 110 games or something out of next of next year. I don't, I don't know if I set the over under right now on 20 starts for Degrom next year. I don't know if I would take the over on that. How about Tatis versus Mike Trout versus DeGrom? Who, who, who comes last? 
I th- if I was drafting today, I'll put Degrom last just because he's a, the pitcher who's had the injury trouble. I know he's pitching right now, but has had so he hasn't been back for very long. I'll sure. put him last just because he's the pitcher. If if like next year in spring training, then I would would move Degrom up. It's like every time he pitches, there's a risk. Like I would draft next year Degrom earlier, right before opening day, than I would at early in spring training because I just right. I just I don't feel like we're out of the woods with him. Trout, someone I was out on this year because of the injury risk, and then that looked really dumb for a while, and now it doesn't look so dumb. Although that being yeah. said, like he hasn't been, like he's got twenty four home runs. I don't know. He hasn't been like a. He hasn't been very good. He, we'll see him how much he does down the stretch. But people were taking him what early second round. He might not get to thirty homers this year. He doesn't steal bases at all. His batting average is not that helpful. Yeah, he strikes out a lot more. Um, yeah. So. so I think I I think I was I did end up being right on this one. And my concern was just exactly this that he like when I projected him, and you run SGPs too, so you know how this goes. When I projected him, I projected him for like a hundred and 25 games or 120 games or something and when you did that number he just came out so low that you couldn't consider him in this and no steals and with that he came out so low you even if you project him to hit 300 with 33 home runs like he's not getting in the second round with no steals no he isn't yeah even and and the lost runs in rbis from only playing in 120 games yep yeah so he's really questionable for next year also the angels offense is terrible right now one like of the bottom really, four offenses like really, in baseball. Yeah. Really, really bad. They've moved like right to the front of the line for me in offenses to try to stream against. Like, yep. I'd probably stream against the Tigers first, and that's about it. They're like they're right there now with me with the A's and the Tigers, Pirates. Yeah, they're like so now. Trout goes back into that offense next year. We don't know if they'll get a full season out of Otani next year because who knows what they'll do with him if they're not in contention. Like, will they trade him? I don't know, like next summer or whatever. I don't know. It's it does not look good. I really wish Mike Trout could get on a better team. There's like a and, and here, here we're kind of burying the lead a little bit because it was today it was announced that Artie Moreno is going to sell the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so other teams that have sold the team have traded off, sold off a lot of their top players to make a sale look more more. For some reason that look that looks good on the books for putative buyers. Yeah. Um. Like the Nats recently with Juan Soto, um, I, the Marlins, I think, uh, in the when they were selling off, I think they sold off their players too. So you may see that with the Angels with Otani, who only has one year left on the contract. Trout's got is basically signed in perpetuity, so it'll be. I think that's a little bit of a different case, but I mean, yeah, I could see them doing that too. The the Angels are a bottom four offense, along with Pittsburgh, Detroit, and Miami, basically, right now. Oh, Miami, you're right. They're right at the top of the list of teams to stream against. That offense is dreadful. It is. It's a really tough watch. Yes. I I think Moreno, going back to Angels for a minute, I believe he said something at the deadline about how he – I could be wrong on this, but I think he said something about how he felt like his franchise was more appealing with Otani in it than with Otani off the books. Yeah. Um, like, and then the new owner can do whatever they want with Otani. Cause you can always trade. O- Someone else can buy the angels this winter, snap their fingers right away to the new president and say, trade Otani. Yep, and, that's right. And you're going to be able to trade him. So I think he said he felt like it was more appealing to have, let the new owner decide whether they want to extend Otani or trade him. Um, if they do trade Otani and we're going deep into a, another re into a rebuild with them. And Mike Trout is 31 just turned. Um, I wonder what, I don't know. I wonder what that conversation could be like. Like if he might say to them, 
guys, is there a way to get me out of here? Like, is there a way to get me on a, like a good team? Like his years are, I love my yeah. years are dwindling. You know, it's kind of following that Ken Griffey Jr. career path where he's so good for so long. Yeah. And then he got hurt. Uh, and then after that, you know, he was just, he had his moments, but he has also had a lot of other moments where he missed a lot of time and was not the same player. Like basically ever since the Reds traded for him, uh, traded for Griffey, that, that, that was about that demarcation point. And it feels like Trout's kind of mimicking that except starting a little earlier, perhaps, which just sucks. I mean, I, you know, I hate to see a good, play, you know, elite player yeah. become not elite. Uh, but anyways, um, before we move on, a uh, quick note here from our Blue Wire sponsors, and I'm going to kick the cat out of the room while we do that. Be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Thank you for your indulgence there. A little... Extra intermission, if you will. Uh, but uh, sometimes cats are annoying. So that, this is some time. I didn't hear the cat, just for the record. Maybe. maybe oh, she I'm... was scratching at my desk, and she was okay. meowing a couple of times. Uh, but, yeah, good times. Uh, Chris Bryant may not return this year. What a bust he's been. He's, I think he's still waiting for his first course field homer, right? <laughs> didn't realize that, actually. I have zero shares of Bryant. He has five home runs, you're right, and all of them are on the road. Yeah. And unbelievable. Exact opposite of what we predicted in the little amount that he played. Almost all of his production came on the road, not just the home runs, everything. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, yeah. He's 
this has been an awful year. 2021 was fine for him. It wasn't special, like 25 homers, mm-hmm. he hit 265. 2020, the shortened season, he was awful for him. 2019 was like fine. 2018 was awful. He only played in 102 games. He only hit 13 home runs. Uh, I got to think that Chris Bryant, even with the Colorado Rockies attached to him, is available in the middle rounds of your draft next year. I First of all, I think he's a cut right now. Don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Any reason well, to think that he's going to be back in time to really make any real impact this year. Yeah. If you have limited IL spots, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Or no IL spots. Yeah, like an NFBC type setup. I think he's gone. And if he comes back with two weeks left in the season and some, you or someone wants to pick him back up, then great. But I think, I think now with things being uncertain, he he's gone. And I think next year, uh, round 15 does that yeah. sound about right maybe around 15 and someone hopes that he oh he'll healthy. go way sooner than that and tw- he won't yeah. go to me then way no than uh but keep in mind i mean in the he got so much draft helium he was in the yep. fourth round and some of the nfbc main events um he won't fall all the way. I mean, I, I, he won't climb all the way back up but if he's raking in spring training he's like yeah well, i was dealing with this and i just didn't yeah. say anything you know, it was much worse than we let on. Oh, okay. You know, but then again, we've done that song and dance with Brian too. And that's also got to be held against him. Not, not as a point for him too. So I agree that you probably won't, you won't be on my watch uh, in any significant league, at least at, you know, pick after it'd have to be after pick 100 and it'd probably have to be a around 150 or so. Yeah. I, I don't think I bet when I run his projections, I wouldn't have him there. I probably won't be comfortable projecting him for many steals. Mm-hmm. The Coors Field thing may make me give him a decent batting average, but I, I bet I'll ding him a fair amount of injury time just because he has missed a decent amount of games in some of the recent seasons, and that'll right. be enough to sewer him. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, any oh, so a couple other hitters. Uh, O'Neill Cruz not playing very well. You know, it, maybe the Pirates were kind of right about bringing him back, bringing him along <laughs> slowly. Is that possible? Every time, every time we dump all over a team, Jared Kelnick all over again, right? Every time yeah. we dump all over a team for, for waiting too long, then, then the guy doesn't do that well out of the gate. And then we're like, okay, fine. That's why I don't run a major league baseball team. But so from a fantasy perspective, it hasn't been all bad. The batting average is terrible, but in right. 51 games. So basically a third of a season, he's got 10 homers and six steals. So triple that he's on about a 30 homer. 18 steel pace yeah um that's a really cool power speed mix it's just you're carrying a, a 198 batting average to go along with it now the long- and in real life 249 obp that, right that's, the long-term that's soul killing yeah the strikeout to walk rate like the 77 strikeouts and 201 plate appearances that's a that's a big concern just for his long-term potential he's going to be a fascinating guy for next season just in the sense that if if you want to project a decent batting average, then he's going to sit really high in your rankings because if you project a full year of playing time and a decent batting average, like you're going to have him projected for 25 homers and 15 steals or something right. like that. He's going to sit really high in your rankings. But if you don't project to get batting average, it, it'll be all then, then you probably shouldn't project him for a full year of playing time because he may not a little bit like jazz Chisholm this year where he could get really high in your rankings if you wanted to, like if you gave him a lot of playing time, but then if you didn't really believe in Jazz Chisholm, then you probably shouldn't draft him. Chisholm went about round six or seven. I don't know if Cruz quite gets that high next year. Oh, yeah, I think he will. I think someone will dream on him. I think he'll get almost that high. 
Yeah, um, I'm trying to compare. So O'Neill's got a 58.8% contact rate. So he's earning that yeah. 190. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's not ready flu- as far as, or he's not showing he's ready. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned Chisholm. Chisholm at his, you know, last year struck out a lot. 68.8% contact percentage. So yeah. O'Neill Cruz is at a whole different level here. Yeah, I just thought of Chisholm as someone who I know when I did my projections, because last year he had 18 homers and 23 steals. Yeah. Now, you're right. He hasn't produced the low, low, low batting average that Cruz has. I just know that Chisholm was someone where if you projected him for a full season of games, you know, then then he's looking like really high in your rankings. But then there was just this nagging part of me that was like, is Jazz Chisholm really good enough? He came into the year with about a 700 career OPS, and you were like, is Jazz Chisholm really good enough to hold a starting job? all year in the majors turns out he was off to a great start and then he got hurt so i just think cruz will be cruz will be in that boomer bust article that we all write next year in march yeah right he, he, will. he could 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 cut the strikeout rate even if he could hit 240 he could cut the strikeout rate and he could maybe hit 30 home runs steal 20 bases or he could spend time in the minors yeah yeah well, these are these are on the range of outcomes here yeah uh yeah, he's just he's really struggling though altogether. And yeah, it, I think he's kind of sometimes when you do that sort of speculation, you get 2021 Tyler O'Neill. Sometimes yeah. you get 2022 Tyler O'Neill, who has just been yeah. a disaster this year. Yeah, and then if I want to get into some like really really non scientific speculation, like Cruz is also he's a big dude. He's six seven. Yeah, right, like big long arms. Long, sometimes those guys lose the strike zone easier. Right, right, long swing. Um, you know, can, can t- with those big long arms and big body, he can turn on something and he can get you some home runs and long legs and he can fly and he can get you some steals, but, but there's holes probably big strike zone. And there's probably some holes in there. And, and like you, like we talked about at the very beginning, if you have holes right now, opposing pitchers are finding them around baseball. Yeah, driving that's a truck through them right that's now. That's why the scores are, that's why the scores are down. Yeah. Well, and yeah, you, you know, Tyler O'Neill last year actually has struck out more last year than he did this year. 31% strikeout rate, rate last year, 28% this year. But the quality of his contact is way off. Tyler O'Neill had a 274 ISO last year, 121 this year. They sat him for the first game of the doubleheader. Now they have eight games this week, so maybe it's just a case there where everybody's going to rest a little bit. But mm-hmm. point being, is he's way off his game compared to last year. Yep. No, absolutely. Yep. And another guy that's quietly, sneakily – struggled quite a bit is Tommy Edmond, uh, who was really red hot at the start of the season, but you look now and he's got a 678 OPS. He is just as bad as last year. He gets you, you know, his stolen bases are paying the bills fantasy wise, but as a real life hitter, he, he's not that great. No, Tom, Tommy Edmond. I think it will be someone I'll, I'll always remember Tommy. Edmund 22 is that guy who everybody took the Twitter victory laps on in April. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw, I saw a lot of people saying, you know, hey, I like I nailed him as a sleeper and kept him to myself. And here he had an 881 OPS in April. He hit 300. Didn't steal more bases than usual, but he stole five. So that's good. Like, that's putting him on a 30 steal pace. But since then and overall this year, he's his OPS is lower this year than it was either any of his previous years. Just a little bit, but it's lower yeah. than it was his previous years. He looks just like Tommy Edmond. He'll probably finish the year with about 10 homers, 10 or 11 homers. He'll probably finish the year with about 30 steals, which is exactly what he stole last year. Um, his batting average is a little lower than last year. Like, There's a really good chance that after all the ups and downs, he's going to finish this year with almost the exact same stat line as last season. Yeah, that's right. So that's what Tom, maybe that's just, this is what Tommy Edmond is. It's just this year it came in a, it came heavy in the beginning 
and yep. then tailed off. I don't know. I think this is what he is. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, he's a better on base guy than Jorge Mateo, for instance, but Mateo has been just as val- it has been more valuable fantasy yeah. wise, although he scored fewer runs. I mean, we, we, I say that, but then you look and it's not just fewer runs, it's 25 fewer runs. I mean, Edmund really does help you there. 77 runs scored is, is nothing, is nothing to sneeze at here, but, um, a lot of those came weighted early too, though. Which, yes. And Edmund's yeah. getting almost all of his plate appearances this year of coming to the leadoff spot. And when you like, I mean, we just, we've already talked about how good the Cardinals offense has been this year, but mm-hmm. when you, when you look at Edmund, like he shouldn't be, he shouldn't be the leadoff hitter for a good offense. No, like his, his OPS out of the leadoff spot, is 674, his on base percentage of the leadoff spot is 321. Like he shouldn't be, the lead off. He should not be the leadoff hitter in a pl- on a playoff team. They should be striving. I know Dylan Carlson's gotten opportunities in the leadoff spot, but most of Evans' plate appearances overall this year. So going into next year, if you don't think he's going to be their leadoff hitter, and again, he's one of those guys who goes from one to nine. He's he doesn't stop at hitting fifth. He's right. Great. He's not hitting first. He's probably hitting eighth or ninth. So, uh, and that's been the thing for Mateo is most of his plate appearances this year came from ninth. And the second most came from eighth and the third most come from seventh. So right. he hasn't got a lot of opportunities to hit higher in the lineup. And that's where the runs scored are coming from with, with Edmund, not really hurting them. Yeah. I think that's yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. I want to talk about a couple more hitters and a couple pitchers before we sign off. But first a quick note from our friends at Caesars uh, Caesars. We're thankful that they are sponsoring us. The weather is heating up and so are the promotions at Caesars Sportsbook today. Anyone who is at least 21 years old and in a licensed Caesars Sportsbook state can create a new account and redeem the Caesars Sportsbook promo code ROTO15. That's R-O-T-O-1-5. The promo gives new users a risk-free first bet up to $1,500. Visit Caesars.com sportsbooks or download the Caesars Sportsbook app today. Don't forget to use promo code ROTO15 when signing up. Fred, you mentioned in the outline uh, that you're going to take the L on Adelise Garcia. And that's actually one of the guys that uh, I did. Uh, one of the guys that's still producing for me in Tower Wars. Uh, my AL Tower Wars team is just a sad, slow decline. I can't seem to dig myself out of. But at least I got Adelise Garcia going for me there. And he he's just been the guy that's just kept on going, producing quite a bit. Yeah, so he's another example, like Edmund, he's another example of someone who's more valuable in fantasy than real baseball. Like, he hasn't been a great real baseball player this year, 749 OPS, but Mm -hmm. I thought I had him last year on my main event team, and I watched him go pretty steadily south, you know, after getting off to a good start. So just I just pulled up his 2021, so... July batting average 216, August 227, September 216. Like he was just, he was, he was pretty good in April, really good in May, and then pretty bad after that. Um, And I just assumed like pitchers have figured this guy out. He had some immediate success. I think he's going to be like a six something OPS guy this year. Um, Yeah. And then he also stole seven bases last year in September, which kind of came out a little bit out of the blue. He's getting kind of one steal a month going into September mostly. Um, But he's actually carried the steals aggressiveness forward into this year. And he's got 19 and he's been a better hitter than I thought. So yeah, I was, he's a, he's a really cool power speed mix kind of guy, which we could, could, you could really use this year guys who get you some steals. Like he's going to finish the season somewhere in the twenties. And, and then also help you with home runs. They don't, he's not hurting your batting average. I, I was wrong on him this year. I think I was wrong on him a little bit 
for some of the right reasons. He struck out 194 times last year. Right. He tailed off dramatically. I don't know why people thought he was going to rebound, but he did to some degree. He rebounded. So, so good for him. Yeah. Uh, chances that he will be overdrafted next year, I would say, are pretty high, though. Yeah, I will kind of recalibrate, and I will give him probably a little more credit. He's going to still finish this year. Like I said, he struck out 194 times last year. He's not going to get to 194 this year, but he might get to 175 or something like that. So I still have batting average concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, but his Babbitt, sure. not, his Babbitt this year is 316. That's not crazy high. If, no. he, if, I, if I start to think he could repeat 15 to 20 steals, if I think he could hit 240 to 250, get you 20 something home runs if the playing time's there i don't know I, I i could be back in on him next year depends what what the round is but i i think i could be back in that market value for him next year yeah yeah he'll go more expensive next year uh that's yeah. for sure yeah. uh line drive rates up five percent once from from 16 to 21 so that that does support some better results k percentage is slightly down 31 to 28 uh you know, contact rate 66.6 to 69.8. So little, little things here and there walk rate still below six, but it's up to 5.8 from 5.1. Uh, star platinum says they, the, in, uh, the six round or seven round draft that happened, uh, the other day, uh, Rob DiPietro was hosting that draft. Garcia didn't go in the first seven rounds. So maybe he's still going to be relatively affordable, but yeah. Then again, yeah. we'll see after everybody crunches the numbers and we see like the final number where he ends up at too. Garcia could be, you know, you're looking at a guy that he could be 30, 30. I mean, it would take a bit of a rush in the right. last six to right. happen. He's at, he's at 2019. So 25, 25, he could be, uh, which, Hey, that's a good season. That's a, that's a really hard, hard combination to find. Yeah. I mean, I can go back to the jazz Chisholm comparison. Like that's kind of what we were looking for from him mm-hmm. 250 batting average, 25, 25, uh, something like that. If you think that Garcia can, uh, if you think Garcia can do that, then yeah, he gets in. That's Chisholm was kind of around six this year. So I think Garcia, I think that he'll be around that point. I don't know if I'll jump in at that point. I think I have to fall around like eight or nine for me. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. There's still some time left. Like you said. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk a bit about, uh, you know, a, a couple of pitchers before we sign off. Jordan Montgomery, another good outing. Baffling trade by the uh, Yankees, just getting shoved in their face yet again. Yeah, that, I, I remember we talked right after the deadline, and I said, I don't know how much better they got at pitcher. And, and you said, oh, Frankie Montas is way better than Jordan Montgomery. And you might still be right. Yeah. Um, well, but we'll see. Montas goes tonight. It, it's just interesting that Montgomery's, Montgomery shifted to a much better, I think, opportunity for a pitcher. He's at a Yankee stadium. He's on a Cardinals team that typically does really well with their pitchers. I don't know. I felt like this was a good, the NL central has some really manageable offenses to face. He shot one of them down last night. And then Montas goes from Oakland, great place to pitch to New York, not as great place to pitch. You just, you're switching clubhouses. I don't know. I just, I, I felt, I felt like, and the Yankees, have played really poorly in August. And I think some fans or maybe guys in the clubhouse have to be sitting there being like, Hey, we didn't even get any better in the rotation in the rotation, at least not so far. And then the guy only hitter, the hitter we traded for is hurt. So we'll see what we get out of Harrison Bader, but he's hurt and we still don't even have a return date for him. Doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't feel good for a team that was out in front of the American league at the trade deadline. They got Scott Efros. Like, now he's hurt. Like, yeah, like fine. Their bullpen. All of a sudden, the Yankees bullpen looks weak. 
Yeah, so like, let's talk like, about that. They uh, Chapman's still awful. They passed over Chapman last night for Lewisiga, who got the save, and they had Wandy uh, Peralta as the guy that was warming up in case the uh, Lewisiga needed help because Lewisiga got the last out of the eighth inning too, uh, allowed him to stay and get the save. That hey, if this is a if we can go back in the time machine and say, hey, in March we told you Lewisiga is going to be the guy that, that behind Chapman, except now he's in front of Chapman. Chapman, I mean that that blown save over the weekend it was just it was the same old stuff that he had before he went on the il you know it was just utter loss loss of command again and he's like he's afraid to throw his fastball yeah he, he's chapman's awful like he's just he's just not i i don't know i can't i guess that's a little harsh but he's just he's just not good enough right now mm-hmm. to be trusted in high leverage roles yeah on the weekend he pitched against the blue jays once he got one out he walked two batters appearance before that against the Rays he got two outs he walked two batters it's just not he got one strikeout between those before I don't know he's just not there he can't be used in high leverage situations right now so Holmes is out when he comes back he's got to go back into high leverage situations almost right away because I feel like they're desperate King's gone for the year like I said Efros we're not sure on now Um, all of a sudden the Yankees look really vulnerable in the bullpen and we're not sure what's going on with Montas in the rotation, they, they kind of miss Montgomery right now. Bader's going to come back and play for them, but he's not going to change it like their offense too. No. Like, he's going to play, but he's not going to be like a great. They got him for his defense though. for sure. And yeah. maybe that helps. You can't stop Chapman from walking guys, but maybe like, maybe he'll help, but you can't, I can't see Harrison Bader turning the team around. I don't know. It's interesting. It, it, it's interesting. Like, like my Jays were playing them on the weekend and people were trying to speculate, like maybe, especially when they won the first three in the series, maybe they could catch them. I still don't think anyone can catch them. I think the lead's just too big, but I don't know. They're in a, in a I think they're in a bad way right now. They'll get Stanton back this weekend and that'll help, but yeah. I think they're in a bad way right now. But it's just so amazing that everything is kind of falling apart when they were yes. just firing on all cylinders before. Um, it's it just, it's hard to see, but uh, you know, especially, I guess it showed just how much, ju- how much work judge was doing. So yes. judge goes through a slump. And all yep. of a sudden, this lineup seems pretty thin. And when Judge is on fire, you know, it, it's a completely different team. Yep. So. And, and I mean, and also even just choices on the trade market, like the Mariners pick up Luis Castillo. He's been great. The, the other kind of 1A pitcher that everybody said was available was Montas. It was Castillo Montas, you know, who was going to go for more? Who did you, who were you going to get? Yeah. You know, Castillo. And the Reds got a better package. Not to say that Castillo, right. Not to say Castillo would have been great if he was on the Yankees, but he's been great for the Mariners. And Montas has been awful for the Yankees. And right now, if you're a Yankees fan, you're saying, man, we should have thrown in another prospect or two and just gotten Castillo instead of getting Montas. We'll see. I think Montas is a good pitcher. I think he could turn this around um, right, like pretty quick. But yeah, but the, the, the rotation's gone backwards. The bullpen's gone backwards. The lineup's gone backwards. Well, look at the Padres. They they won the trade deadline, yep. but they haven't won a whole lot since. Lot. Um, yep. it, you know, it, sometimes you get that immediate bounce. Other times you don't. Um, still think I still like what the Padres did. I, I still think yeah. it's a good thing for baseball, and I hope that they rally. But just because I don't want to see teams not try and say, "We'll see." You look at the Padres. You know what? Else? You know they're not going to win. Why should we do that? You know, and all that. And then let that be like the the takeaway from that. Instead of saying some players have aren't performing. I mean. 
I think the Tatis thing just really crushed Absolutely. the Padres. Yeah, talk, talk about that's as big of an up and down as you'll ever see in a, like a two or three week span for a team. Yep. Like to trade for Hater and Soto within 24 hours of each other and just be like completely dominating the headlines, and then come out and initially you know like you look good then you go in and play the Dodgers and you get swept and then a couple weeks after that Tatis is out for the season like it's just the highs and lows from the Padres we'll see if they can they still have tons of talent like we'll see if they can settle in and win a playoff series and and get in at least the second round I mean like they're falling it wouldn't be the end of the world if they fell down to the last playoff spot and played Mm -hmm. maybe the Cardinals that's to me that's just as manageable or more so than playing the Braves um yeah, at least it's it's not it's not like it's going to hurt them. I think in yeah. any way. So I think it's probably about the same. So uh, agreed. Yeah. agreed. I don't know. It's just uh, t- yeah. I think the Tatis thing it shouldn't, but it has. I think it's really taken the wind out of their sails. I think it has too. Well, yeah. the fact that jo- that and Josh Hader is just lost. Yes, right now. that was the other one, right? Is yeah, and the Brewers players were mad because we traded away a superstar closer, but they didn't trade away a superstar closer. They traded away a guy who was struggling and hasn't still hasn't got back in action don't even ask me where he's going to go next year i don't think either one of us could give give an educated guess on where he'll get drafted next year because it'll that that will be completely written in september like i gotta check out rob's uh uh, the zoom uh that he did on that one there for that draft to see because certainly he got drafted yeah someone had to have have wanted to put him in among the top closers but thing is he was struggling some before the trade too yes early, Um, early july he struggled badly and then he got his act together late july second half of july and then and then yeah now he struggled like we could have any scenario with hater from him finishing the season pitching low leverage situations and not being trusted at all to him regaining at some point in september the Padres closers role and yep. then goes into the offseason and we're like hey he was really inconsistent but we all know how good he can be so yeah i couldn't even i couldn't even guess he could be anything next year from like round five or six to who knows? Doesn't have a closer's role. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Yeah. Very much it could be. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, we're going to cut a little shorter tonight. Uh, Fred and I actually, as alluded, have football drafts to get pre- prepare for. I might have two at once. So, going to jump in on that. Uh, going to get ready for that. But uh, appreciate everybody's uh, engagement and involvement here. Uh, and we'll be back at you again next Tuesday. Take care.